Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today on the Church Brand Guide Podcast. This is Michael Persaud. Today's topic is going to be about retaining guests. How, do, how does a church retain guests? And uh, I'm eager to get into it. We have an interview that's going to come a little bit later on with uh, Dick Hardy. But before we get there, uh, I just want to let you know a couple things. First of all, I really appreciate uh, those of you that have taken the time to leave a review on iTunes and uh, just rank us. And it's really helpful. It helps us get the word out so that more people are coming along and able to listen to the content of this podcast. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you haven't done it, I really appreciate it when you do. Um, another thing to let you know about is that uh, we are we're, we are evaluating the podcast. So we've been doing it for about three quarters um, of this year, 2016, and we've been getting some great feedback. So based on the feedback, we're going to make some adjustments to make it even better. Uh, one adjustment is that we're going to go a little shorter on our podcast. Uh, we're going to shoot to go for about 20 minutes. Um, might take us a little while to get there, but uh, we're going to shorten things up, make it concise, and go for about 20 minutes. Um, and then the other thing is that we are going to provide a lot more practical uh, insights. So I have been working closely with Life Mission Church in Olathe, Kansas, um, as of uh, about a month ago, about maybe a month and a half ago at the most. So I'm working directly with their leadership, directly with their um, communications team, and we are working on, on big ideas. And I want to share with you very practically what those ideas are and how they have been implemented and then what the results have been. So basically, we're going to get very, very practical with the podcast, which I think will help you the most if you can get great insight on exactly what's what's going on. So with that being said, let's get into a couple things that we are dealing with um, there at the church. Uh, so one of the big ideas is about retaining guests, and I think most churches are going to have that challenge. Uh, even if you're a big church, you're always thinking, how can we retain more people? So one of the results that we found is that um, it's it sounds kind of cliche, but basically what got us to where we're at is not going to take us to the next level. So in in the beginning, we had a great culture of um, uh, just camaraderie and people coming together, and it was just great energy, and it, it, it led to a great amount of growth. But we realized that what happened there is not going to be able to take us to that next level. So we need to have a lot more structure. So that's another thing that we, we realize is that we've got to develop structure to support the growth. So if your church is growing and if you want to grow, you've got to develop more structure in order to get there. More systems, more checklists, um, more ways that we do things. Uh, we have to identify exactly who we are and get a lot of clarity about that so that we can grow. That's, um, that's one of the realizations that we've come, come across. And honestly, it's not that easy. Um, it sounds easy, but it's not that easy. Because um, a lot of times in church world, it's passion. It's, hey, let's go reach the world. Let's go do this thing for Jesus. And um, it takes time to slow down and create structure around that. Um, one of the other big realizations is that the lead pastor can only have a limited number of direct reports. So when a church is small, the lead pastor is in, in contact with, you know, just about everybody. So he can give direction and, and uh, it's great. But as a church gets bigger that cannot be the case. He cannot have um, too many direct reports or else the church is going to be, um, it's going to be capped at, at whatever level it's at um, in its growth. Um, the other realization is that there has to be a clear vision presented so that other leaders can help the church grow. 
So again, when a church is small, the lead pastor can communicate vision one-to-one. You know, he can just let people know what's going on. But as a church grows bigger, that that vision needs to be presented and it has to be written down. It has to be very clear. It has to be in, in a document. It has to be posted up on the wall, different things so that other leaders can uh, jump on board and help the church grow. And the final thing we've learned um, about retaining guests is that we have to have feedback. So we have to have a way to learn from the people that are coming how they got there, what they think about the experience, what they like about it, and what they don't like about it. So we have to survey and begin to get feedback so that we can we can get um, the right things in place so, to provide growth moving forward. So what got us to where we're at is not going to get us to where we want to go in the future, and we've got to get feedback in order to know what to do next. So with all that being said, let's get into the interview with Dick Hardy. Dick is a wonderful expert in the area of church, uh, just church in general, has dealt with many churches around the country and brings a lot of expertise to the conversation. So we'll get right to it and let's uh, talk with Dick Hardy about how to retain guests. Thanks for joining me again on the Church Brand Guide podcast. Today I'm with Dick Hardy and uh, Dick is uh, works with churches and I'm going to let him kind of describe what he does because he can do it way better than I can. But Dick, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Michael, thanks very much. Really appreciate you having me. And just so your podcast listeners know that I'm just the definition of a jerk today for showing up a half hour, 40 minutes late here. So I'm just waiting for you to kind of, you know, get this. You're going to get a meal out of me for this, aren't you? Oh, I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks, thanks, Dick. That's awesome. Oh, man, what a great guy I am for uh, showing up late. But hey, uh, yeah, wow, this is really cool. I'm I'm honored that you'd let me come on and do this. yeah, the Hardy Group is a uh, pastoral leadership consulting firm. We started up uh, in 2007, and uh, little did we know that we, we, we started really doing individual consulting with pastors, but really have moved in the last two years to more uh, digital resourcing for pastors. And uh, our original tagline was everything but preaching. So a pastor would stop and think about that, and then they'd get it. Oh, yeah, you mean like... Budgets, bylaws, staff members, uh, discipleship, small groups, all everything. Yeah, uh, in today's world, social media, uh, marketing, all those kinds of things. But now we changed it to all things church because we do dabble in preaching a little bit too. So for a pastor who wants uh, our input, so yeah, excellent. And how long you've been uh, hanging around doing this stuff? Well, we started in two thousand seven, so. Um, we're recording this right now in fall of 16, so nine yeah. and a half years, coming up on 10 years. And my yeah. son joined me two and a half years ago. You know my son, Jonathan. Yes. And uh, so well, I, I you know, really never planned or dreamed that he and I would work together, but yeah. we're just having an absolute ball doing it. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. It really is. And your background is actually out of a uh, church world, right? You yeah. My, my whole background, I served uh, 20 uh, you know, approximately, I, I spent three years in a parachurch ministry in the late 90s, but otherwise pretty much 20-some years in Des Moines, 22, I think, at uh, a large church of, uh, generally during the time I was there, it was generally 2000. Then I came down to uh, Springfield, Missouri, went to James River Church, which at the time I was there was went from 3,600 to 4,600 in two years. Not because of me, but just to give you the framework of the size it was during the time I was there. Now it's over 10,000. Uh, Jonathan was on staff there as well um, uh, after after I was there. But then I went to work for a, a Bible college for five years. That gave me a great network. 
you know, which I think is important, you know, for people to really factor, pastors in particular, to realize you got to be continually talking to people, continually growing your people that you're connected with, uh, because that expands your influence. If we want to share more of the love of Jesus, we need to expand influence. So the Bible College really afforded me that opportunity. So the knowledge from the two churches, the uh, connection, the network at the Bible College really set us up, we believe, for the Lord to put this together. And uh, so, yeah, it's cool. Awesome. So I'm thrilled with all that. Man, I'm so thrilled to have you on. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks yeah. for coming on. You bet. Our topic in this, uh, this episode is going to be about uh, insights on, on retaining guests. So this is, a, this is something that we come across all the time when we work with churches. Um, they, and you have the magic answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. That's why you're Yeah, here. <laughs> for any of your listeners who think they're getting the magic answer, not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's a lot of hard work. Well, it's insights. So we yeah. want to give some yeah. some ideas. What yeah. what have you learned in your world that with all those different years of experiences and in different industries? And uh, we just want to unpack your uh, your experience so that we can learn from that. You know, uh, it, it is an awful lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, and um, and I know we say it. I say it in a flippant way, but some times people think there's just the magic dust. You know, if I could just learn what North Point does, I just learn what James River does or Saddleback or Elevation. If I learn these things, then that magic dust will work. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Um, it, it truly, it, in my mind, some principles that need to be in place. One, there needs to be a culture of prayer at a church. If you're really going to um, uh, invite, welcome, and retain guests. Now, sometimes pastors can say, well, Really? Okay, okay, we pray. Now, and I'm talking about really getting a hold of the mind of the Lord for how he wants you to treat the people, his children, to come in your doors. Uh, so I think that's fundamental. That has to be... You, you can do this without prayer, but you're not going to be able to do it near as well. Uh, so, I, and I, and I, of course, I'd say, why would anybody in a church setting want to do something that isn't inculcated in prayer. So that's first. Second, the pastor's got to believe it. I mean, Michael, believe this or not, I come across pastors um, uh, th that will do the guest retention thing only because they know they're supposed to. They're not really, not really owning it. And if you're just doing it because, okay, this is a checklist that some guy on a podcast said to do, you're going to lose. Mm -hmm. You know, you really have to own it. You got to want to do this. And honestly, I see too many pastors. They they want the end result. Mm -hmm. that people, but they don't really want to pay attention to the yeah. things they need to do mm -hmm. to get there. Uh, and something at the end of the day, I'll I'll wrap with this part with this. I mean, you can whatever you want to throw back at me, but you got to pay attention to what you're doing on Sunday. Yeah. Here's here's the here's the one I I didn't even think about doing this one. But this I love this one. Let's suppose I come to town, and um, and you tell me okay, because uh, you and I live in different cities. You say, hey, listen, there's a new restaurant that opened. I'm gonna take you to it. So Michael and Dick head off to this restaurant. We show up at the restaurant. The parking lot's broken up. It's dirty. There's weeds growing in the bushes. And we go to the door, and we walk in the door, nobody's there. And you and I wait, wait, wait. This, this restaurant told us how great, you know, advertised it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. 
Wait, wait, wait. Finally, somebody says, so we ask them if we can get a seat. Yeah, they take us to a seat. We sit down. It's sticky. It, it hasn't been cleaned. Yeah. And uh, we wait and wait and wait. Finally, we get a server over here. The server comes over, takes our order, goes back, and we wait and wait and wait. Yeah. And, you, know, you hear where I'm going with this yeah. thing, okay? And finally, the yeah. food comes out, and guess what? The order is wrong. <laughs> so they send it back, and finally, it comes back. And the order is right, but the food is cold. We eat it, we wait, we get the bill, the bill's wrong. And, and finally they say, oh no, we only do cash. Neither of us have cash. Closest ATM is two blocks down the road, so you chase off to get some cash. Finally we pay our bill, we walk out, nobody says anything. Then, the next week, we get this letter in the mail. And the letter <laughs> in the mail says, hey Michael, hey Dick. Thanks for coming to our restaurant. We loved having you. We hope you enjoyed your experience. Boy, uh, don't forget, we'd love to have you come back next week. We've got a special menu for the kids. <laughs> we're going to give you a $5 coupon. We'd get, let us know if we need anything, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. You and I going back? Right. No. Ain't no way. No. We're not going right. back. Why? Because the experience was so crummy. Yeah. Now, here's a word that pastors never like to use. No, you never like to talk about, well, you, do you do crummy church? Well, you know, there are churches that do crummy church. Yeah. They don't pay attention. They, they, just, they just do what they've always done. And then they wonder why the guest doesn't want to come back. Uh, I've got all sorts of stuff rolling in my mind here right now, and I don't know if it's going to fit our schedule here. But Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that is, that's the illustration I want to give yes. pastors. And every pastor, any pastor... In America, around the world, that's listening to this, no matter how good your church is, you need to step back and say to that Sunday experience, "How could it be better?" Yeah, it's good. It's so. real good. So the uh, the Sunday experience, how can it be better? So that's a that's a mindset that every church needs to adopt. If you're going to retain guests, yeah. you've got to have the the best experience that you could possibly put out there right. within the, the your means, right? Uh, yeah, because some churches can do more. Well, something. but most of this yeah. is people. Most of this, yeah. when when guests leave, let, yeah, let me ask you. See if I can get you. We haven't we haven't rehearsed this, so no. this may not work. All right. But if I call pastors, and I'm going to ask them about their church, and they love their church and everything, and I'm going to say to the pastor, "Tell me about your church." You know, what one of the first things they say to me, let's, let's hope this works. Okay. They say. Well, our church, they're talking about their people. Our church is a really friendly, friendly church. Yeah. yeah, they are. Nobody ever tells me they pastor a grouchy church. Nobody. <laughs> they all pastor friendly churches. Yes. But what's one, if people go to a church and then don't come back, what's one of the main reasons they say they don't go back? They're not that friendly. That church wasn't very friendly. Now, <laughs> how can that be? Yeah. Everybody pastors a friendly church, but people leave and say it wasn't very friendly. Mm -hmm. See, a pastor has to, has to bridge that. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Well, I think what happens, too, is that sometimes you get caught up in your own world, and you start thinking about the people that are already there, and you forget about new people coming in. You're nailing it. You're nailing it. Because people are friendly to themselves. Now, they give, they give cursory friendship to a new person. Yeah. So, if I'm a greeter, I'm at the front door, I, I'm certainly going to smile and say, hey, well, Michael, great to, or even you know, if I don't know you, hey, great to meet you, hope you have a great day. Yeah. But the big, the big telling key normally for churches, what is happening after service? See, my job as a greeter before service is to welcome you. Yeah. 
my practice after services service is I want to go talk to Tom and Ron and Dennis because they're my buddies. Yeah. And we want to talk about the game last night and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but if I'm coming back and I'm talking to you, Michael, yeah. then that's telling me uh, that the church is focused on the guest. Oh, very good. Yeah. I, and I think, too, another another thing we've seen is uh, our, our, is a church being very intentional about the experience to the point of like even like signage. You know, we, we one church we work with, they've got three buildings. One of them's called the Worship Center. The other one's called the Family Life Center. And the third one's kind of a barn looking thing, so they call it the barn. But uh, when I first uh, went there, they would say, hey, this event is in the Family Life Center. And as a guest, I'm not sure, like, they kind of all blend together in my mind. So we, you know, one of the things is like, hey, can you just call it building one, two, and three, you know? Um, well, it really is right. I remember talking to, I've talked to a number of churches on this, but one I remember specifically uh, up in Iowa I was talking with and just said, you know, when they had on the wall that the that the bumblebees go this way right. and the uh, spiders go that way, if I wasn't spiders, but, uh, and I says, you could probably look at that and guess that's kids of right. some sort. But is it two-year-olds or eight-year-olds? Right. There's a difference. Yes. Uh, and so you need to be more clear and say, like, eight-year-olds go that way. Right. <laughs> Two-year-olds go that way. Even though they're called bumblebees and spiders or whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, signage is, is really huge. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, you just have to be clear. You think, and it's uh, and intentional. You use the word intentional. Inside the church... We we know all this stuff, yeah. But you've got to think outside. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's really good. And I've heard you also talk about the wow experience. Mm-hmm. Is this part of the thing uh, that you would say uh, to present a wow experience yeah. to your guests? Yeah. And when I say wow, by the way, yeah, you know, there's two different kinds of wows. There's the wow, oh my good. That generally is not what I'm talking about here. What you want are those nice little wow. That was nice, you know. Or your wife, you and your wife were there. Wow, honey, did you see that? You know, that was really nice for the kids. Wow, that's a nice touch. You want those kind of feelings, so that when they walk out, they just say, "Wow, yeah, that was really nice." Mm-hmm. Or, "Wow, what do you think, honey? Kind of like to go back to that." Yeah. You know, uh, I've heard it. I don't know if there's any stats on it. You want people having five wow experiences before they sit down. Oh. So the wow start of the heart parking lot. Mm-hmm. They, they come to the door, they at the guest yeah. center, they're at the children's check-in. Mm-hmm. So you just have to create those kind of experiences. You gotta be very intentional about it. Yeah. So on the, on the practical side of things, when we talk about how to create this great experience, um, I think one of the greatest tools we can use to, to, to figure out what this looks like for us, for your church, is gonna be uh, surveys or, or guest cards. Right. Uh, maybe can you talk about well, I can. You know, and our mutual friend Ryan Wakefield is like the master of this thing. Sure. He really has put that together for Summit Park Church, uh, and he's the uh, driving talent with Church Marketing University. Um, and he he really and he rightly says you've got to ask people for feedback. I mean, I'll, a quick example: I just had a, a friend of mine move to a new city, major city. I referenced him to a church. I told the church about the friend. The guy went and visited the church, met the pastor, a 90-second conversation, all good. He's been there a total of four times now, 
he sends me this text that's a very painful text oh, yeah. to read because he's saying, we, we want to get, we want to connect here, but we can't, can't seem to make it happen. Huh. Now, that is gold. That's hard for a pastor to hear, but that's gold. You know why? Because most people won't tell you that. Mm. Yeah. And most churches, what? They don't ask. Mm -hmm. That's why to survey people will be so valuable. Now, pastors are nervous about surveying people. Yeah, talk about that. Well, We've had that pushback. Yeah, oh man, I don't want you. Number one, you're gonna get flaky responses. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have people that say dumb things, mm -hmm. like I wish you wouldn't sing songs. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't have it so loud. I wish you would have the light. I, all these things that you just say, well, we're not going to do because this is the direction we're going. You gotta wade through that. But somebody's also gonna say something like, you know, I stood in line for 10 minutes just to get one kid checked in. Mm. Yeah. Well, antenna up, you better be paying attention to that. Right. And that kind of thing, that could be fixed. Yeah. Pay attention and fix that. Yeah, I'll guarantee you, that's what Disney's doing. That's what uh, uh, Ritz Carlton are doing. Anybody who is uh, doing it well, I don't know, does Chick-fil-A have a, a a guest comment cards? I'll they, bet they do. They do. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got kids, I know. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan talks about, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan talks about a uh, time he had a bad restaurant experience. Yeah. And he wanted to fill out a response just to help them, and there was no response card. Right. So guess what? That restaurant keeps giving bad experiences. Mm. And almost predictably, they would be out of business. Yeah. So there's different tactics that churches use um, that we've come across. And I don't know if you can speak to it or not, but let me just kind of mention a few of them. So for a good guest experience, um, a lot of pastors will go meet people in the uh, lobby afterwards. Mm -hmm. Is that a good idea or bad idea? I like it. Uh, I've got two very large church pastors uh, that at least inside of one fellowship, they, everybody would know these two guys, uh, both in very, very large mega churches. And one does not do that, uh, and, and it's not in the arrogant way, but he feels like it's intimidating to people. Uh, I don't. Uh, I agree with this guy on most everything, but I don't on that one. Yeah. Uh, the other guy, he, he literally is so intentional on the, on the platform uh, before his message, just saying, listen, I want to meet you after service. So go out those doors and to the right, there's a little spot over there which says Guest Central or whatever it says. Yeah. I want to meet you there. We've got a, some nice Starbucks coffee and some goodies, and uh, let's let's connect up. So I like that because people yeah. want to feel like in a big, particularly in a really big church, the, the sense is a really big church is impersonal. They want to feel like they can connect. In a smaller church, they, they, they can do that easier. So, But I say for all size churches, they need to go back there. Now let me <clears throat> tell you what not to do. Yeah. I saw one church that took my advice on that, but going back to see the pastor became a receiving line. You know, where everybody got in a line uh -huh. to go up and shake the pastor's hand. That's not what this is to be, mm -hmm. um, the, be because that's that's just him. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me tell you, you know, the example I gave you, the guy who's been there four times and yeah. hasn't figured out a way to connect in. Yeah. Here, let me tell you what happened with him. He went up, had a nice chat with the pastor, and, and then nothing. Well, that church's mistake is you got to hand off. You got to hand off to a real person. Mm. So uh, if a Michael or a Dick are working in the, and our spouses are working in the guest area, you know the pastor needs to hand that person 
the guest to like a real person. Ah. You can sit there and talk, get yeah. acquainted, you know, maybe give them a little tour of the place, even if it's a small church. Give them a little, well, here's the kids area down here, and, yeah. you know, here's the restrooms over here. Loved having you, and blah, blah, blah. Maybe we can connect up, that kind of thing. Right. Otherwise, in this guy's case, uh, and this was a sharp couple. This is a couple you want in your church. Uh, but they're on the edge right now. That church may not get them. Yeah. Because they're not they're not paying attention mm. to the hand. They met the pastor. Right. But then there was no other real person to meet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm big in that hospitality yeah. area for the pastor to be there, but you got to have other people there too. Uh, what about membership classes? You have a uh, insight on that? Like, is that, so we're talking about retaining guests. Yeah. So um, should a church, is a membership class going to be a, a good uh, a good way to do that? Or is it some other type well, of Well, you know, I mean, there's all sorts. You know, membership is, particularly in the newer churches, is less and less value yeah. to to the newer. I mean, the people under the you know, young bucks your age and younger, um, they're, they're not bringing in membership. They're not, I mean, back in the old days, you used to transfer memberships inside of a denomination. Oh, you know, yeah. I have right. a membership at this church right. and I go to that church. Well, those are pretty much gone. Um, there are new terms for it. Churches will use the term partners. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, and I, I advocate less congregational driven governance. Uh, but let's use the word membership as part of an official, I belong to this church in a more traditional sense. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, you just want to systematically help take people from walking in the door to through the guest experience into something yeah. that begins to move them to whatever your ultimate end is. And if your ultimate end is, I want them to become a member of our church, then you've got to have steps to get there. Very few churches. Gotcha. Very few churches really have that systematically laid out. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to the point if they think they have it laid out, you can't get the the pastor and the staff or the key lay, lay, lay people to all say the same thing, mm-hmm. which just tells you to the guest, it's not clear at all. Yeah. So so yeah. maybe maybe it's like a small group and then maybe you join a team or maybe something like that, and then eventually. Yeah, if people are going to assimilate in, in my mind, yeah. like I work in post-service hospitality at the church I attend. Okay. So, uh, you know, we're racing out after service and I'm back in this little hospitality area. Uh, and where our pastor does not come back. <laughs> and uh, uh, we t- I tell people regularly, you know, if you're going to be at, at this church, which is a mega church, mm-hmm. you've got to get involved in one or both of these, mm-hmm. a small group mm-hmm. or a ministry. Mm-hmm. Because if you stay here very long at all, while you'll love the preaching, you'll love the worship, you'll say to yourself, this, this place isn't friendly because you can't know all these people. In a small church, you've got to do the same kind of thing. Because otherwise, uh, you know, Rick Warren said back in the day that you, in the average church, you're going to know 67 people. So if you're in a small church of 67 people, you can know everybody. Yeah. But you can't really know everybody. And you, you can't have 67 deep, close, personal friendships. And when people are coming to church, particularly your generation, I don't know if your audience knows you're just such a young, cool guy, but um, the under 40 crowd, they're yeah. coming there for a relationship. They, they want to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, even my job, you know, I'm, you know, I got kids and grandkids, and uh, if I were to move someplace, 
I, I want to connect into a church that I can begin to find some friends. Yeah. So, so as a church, you need to be very intentional of addressing that felt need of your guest. You can just be assured that when somebody is a guest there, they're asking, certainly they want a good Bible, a good worship, and so on, but they want to meet people. Yeah. We have to afford that opportunity. That's, that's so, good. Yeah. So we, uh, we unpack a lot of this stuff, or you do, with, um, with Ryan, like you talked about, in, in Church Marketing University. Uh, what's, what's a good way for people to connect with you? Well, certainly you can go to our website, thehardygroup.org, thehardygroup.org, and we've got a litany of things, uh, just free stuff you can take advantage of. Of course, we have some things, uh, some memberships you can be involved with. You can uh, connect with us uh, overall, particularly with Ryan at churchmarketinguniversity.com. At this, at this time, at this recording, that's closed. You can't get in, but you can get on the wait list, which will give you preferred access when we do open it up, which is going to be sometime after the first of the year. But uh, my email is there on the website, it's, but it's dhardy at thehardygroup.org. So pretty simple. Yeah. It's pretty simple stuff. So. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast yeah, today. Yeah, man, we just scratched the surface. I know. That's I what I, I always feel like that. I like a little shorter. <laughs> I don't know how long this thing has been, but I like staying a little shorter. But we got a bucket load of more stuff to talk about. So. That's what I, yeah. And I know just from my experience with Church Marketing University, you go a lot deeper into these conversations right, right. and these topics. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I would want to encourage everyone to check out the uh, the website, the Hardy Group. Dot org. Dot org. Dot org. Yeah, dot org. com sends you to a construction company in ah. Florida. So if you're at the construction company, you're at the wrong place. I mean, unless you want to build something, but yeah, dot org. Well, thanks again, Dick, for coming Absolutely. on the show. Yeah, love it. Thanks, Michael. My hope is that this episode today gives you very practical insights of what you can do as a church to build a brand that retains guests and that you begin to grow as a result of this. So uh, to continue to provide value to you, I want to provide our, a resource, and uh, it's a book that I recommend. It's called The E-Myth Revisited, and it's by Michael Gerber. This book is all about uh, creating structure within an organization that allows the, the organization to scale up, to grow, and to develop people and then expand. So it's uh, really a business book, but it, it applies uh, to churches in a big, big way. So I want to recommend it again. It's called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Thanks again for listening. Um, we went for about 30 minutes, and uh, hopefully the adjustments that we're making is providing a lot of value to you. I'd love to hear your feedback so that we can uh, make it even better. So you can reach out to me directly by e emailing me at michael at persadcreative.com. So again, it's michael at persadcreative.com. Persaud is spelled P-E-R-S-A-U-D. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks for joining me again on the podcast. Make sure you check out our blog at churchbrandguide.com. We've got a bunch of free resources there that you can download to help you design logos, build websites, create videos, and a bunch of great stuff to just build a strong brand in your community. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you next time.